Okay, so here we are. Uh, my name is Diana Kaufman. I'm an uh, independent educational consultant in Caracas, Venezuela. And today I am interviewing a new friend, Carol Oakley. And she's a podcaster, as I am now too. We're both podcasters. And she has a wonderful organization. Name is Oyana. And she will be telling us all about it. So welcome, Carol. Hey, hello, Diana. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely. It's a beautiful day in London at the moment. It was quite rainy yesterday, so it's a welcome, it's a welcome change to see the sun out today. And it's, it's very yes. warm. Yes, yes. Good, good. Well, I live in a tropical country, so we have sun every day. It's wonderful. Oh, lovely lovely blue skies <laughs> all year round, 365 days. Even when oh. it rains, even when it's rainy season, oh, it's, wow. uh, it, it rains and the sun comes out, it rains and the sun comes out. Probably in Jamaica, it's the same thing. Yes, you know? it is. It is. Yes. It is. It is. Yes. But, because you know, I Carol, like the, sorry, I was going to say, I do like the seasons. Oh, yes. That, when you're used to them, they're wonderful. That's very mm -hmm. true. That's very true. So why I mentioned Jamaica is because um, Carol's family is originally from Jamaica. So if you want to tell us a little bit about a little bit about your education, your life, I mean, anything that you would like us to know about you and uh, your work. Okay. Well, I was, I was born in London to Jamaican parents um, who came over here, in, came over to London in the 50s. Yeah, in about the 50s or late, late 50s. I am the fourth of five siblings. So I'm the fourth girl. There's three, um, three girls and two boys. And um, I went to secondary school, um, which, and I had so much fun. I had so much fun going to secondary school. Um, I had a great group of friends. Uh, I loved, um, I just loved going to school. I just remember it being really, really fun. I was okay, kind of academically, you know, I wouldn't say I was a natural. I really had to put the work in, really had to put the work in. And um, I was very sporty, loved sport. They, you know, I did from running to high jump to netball. You know, I went, I did, I did quite a few, a few um, activities and um, sports. And I also represented the school in running. You know, it's like 400 meters, 800 meters, meters long distance. Uh, so overall, I just had, I just remember having such a fun time at school such a fun time. That's wonderful. That's wonderful because yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it'll always be a, a nice memory that, you know, that part of education was, was fun. And, and what about higher education? Uh, what did you, did you go to a, a college or university or? I, I didn't. You know? I went to, I mean, I had, I did sort of had average grades when I went to, when I left secondary school. Um, and to be quite honest, by that time, I just wanted to work because I'd started working just on, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking on reflection, I think, because I'd started working at such a young age, I started working when I was about 13. I used to do, yeah, I used to do paper round, what we call here, where you, you know, you distribute sort of the local papers to people in the neighbourhood. So I started at the age of 13. I used to wake up really early before I used to go to school and do my round and then come back, showered and go to school. So I started working from the age of like 13. And then I, while I was at school, I had like um, after school jobs as well as like a waitress. I worked in a toy shop. 
And then by the time I left school, I worked in my local, um, it's a local retail store. So I'd, I'd, I'd already kind of accumulated, I knew the, I knew about earning at such a young age. So when I, when it was time for me to leave school, it was, I, I kind of felt that I just wanted to go out and work. But when I left secondary school, I did go to um, uh, college and I did like a, an office type business, business uh, um, uh, course, which I did for a year. And then I went out, I went out into the big wild world and started working. And I, I applied for different jobs and I, uh, I got a job in a publishing company. That was my first job as an office junior. And then I kind of uh, worked my way up and I went, I was an, a group secretary. I think I was at the publishing company for about sort of two or three years. And then I got my, um, my other job, my second job in an advertising agency. And that was my first job in an ad agency as a secretary. And I was a secretary for about a year. And um, yeah, I was made an art buyer and I was made redundant after about a year. And I remember thinking, oh my God, what's that? I've been, you know, and you feel rejected. <laughs> but I used the time just to kind of go to America and, and traveled a little bit. And then I came back and got my job in an ad agency, another ad, ad agency as a secretary and worked my way up to become a TV producer. And I was there for about 20 years, after, yeah. As a TV producer? As a TV producer. So when I started this ad agency, I was a group secretary uh, for about two years. And then I was a PA to the chairman and creative director of the ad agency, um, John Hegarty, who's like the bee's knees in advertising here. He's very well known in the advertising circle, even abroad, actually. Uh, so I was his PA for four years, which was a great experience. He was such a, a joy to work with. He definitely, you know, instilled some great worth ethics in me. Um, but after four years, I started getting itchy feet and I thought, oh, what do I want to do? But I didn't want to leave that ad agency because I was having such a great time there. And, you know, they really looked after uh, their staff. And I kind of looked around different departments and I thought, oh, TV, that sounds interesting. And I inquired and um, they, um, yeah, they asked me to come over and to see if I'd like, like it. And I, I think I did like two weeks there and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with TV and I became a personal, um, an AP, an assistant producer. And then that was it. The rest is history. I made my way up and then became a, a, a fully fledged uh, TV producer. And how, there's two questions at the same time. How did you start with Oyana and how has having been a TV producer helped you with the podcasting? So I know I'm, I'm throwing you two questions, no, but they're both, they no, all came. That, that's fine. Well, about two years ago, I kind of, even more than that, I started feeling that I wanted to do more. I wanted to come out of advertising, having been in that industry for such a long time. And while I was in the industry, I was always doing other little things like voluntary work and, and mentoring. And I also actually took a break from um, advertising in 2000 when I went to Jamaica to um, just to take some time out. And I just wanted to see what, what it would be like to um, live there because I had been going there for like 10 years. So I, I went there and um, I just wanted to take time out. And again, I think there was that thing, it was the thing about working in advertising, the moral side of it, 
also was getting the better of me thinking, oh, am I doing something good here? You know, I could be doing something more <laughs> of more value. Of my That's own. an interesting question that you, you asked yourself and actually took time off to, to think about it. That's, that's wonderful. Mm, so into, and the, at that time, I was a, an assistant producer. I wasn't a producer then. I was, at that I was at that point of becoming a producer. So I sort of said to myself, do you know what? I think if any time's a good time, now's the time to just take stock, go to Jamaica, fulfill that dream and see, see where, your, where my path takes me after that. So I did. I went to Jamaica on and off for sort of a year or so. And then I came back and I got a job in um, the social sector. And I worked with young carers, so children that have got maybe a, a parent with a, a terminal illness or a disability. So I worked with an organisation that um, offered respite and help um, and I worked with them for about nine months but I didn't have a great time working in that industry it was so weird Diana because I don't know if it was because I'd spent so much time in advertising in such a creative field what I realized working in that kind of industry you have lots of red tape to contend with you know there's the paperwork there's this there's that there's the bureaucracy and I found are you referring to the, are you referring the bureaucracy is in the, in the advertising or in the no, caring business? In the caring business, in the social ah. sector. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it was very different. It was a very different environment to working in a creative industry where in the creative industry, I, was more, I felt more free to do what I wanted and um, my opinions accounted and I didn't have to go through 10 people to get an okay to do something. <laughs> It might be a slight exaggeration, but but do you see what I mean? In a, you know, in the creative industry, you're just a little bit more free, and uh, and your opinions count. So going from that to an industry where you have to, you know, cross all the T's, and you know, it was very very difficult for me. Um, not difficult, but it was just a very um, challenging time, you know, and it really opened up. <laughs> Yeah, it seems also like a very frustrating time because you just probably couldn't get things moving as fast as you were used to moving, whatever exactly. you were doing. Exactly, exactly that. So um, I lasted about nine months. <laughs> I lasted nine months and I went back. I went back into advertising, but I, I think I had to do that to get it out of my system because I realised, because also the people that I came across in the social system I kind of opened up my eyes as well to it just made me realize that it doesn't matter which industry you're in you'll have good or bad or challenging or not challenging you know people it doesn't matter what you're in as long as you're fulfilled that's the most important thing and I didn't feel fulfilled ironically in the social care sector you'd think I would have but I didn't I was felt more more fulfilled in the creative industry so I went back I went back into advertising and that was it. I stayed and became a producer and um, stayed for many, many years after that. And, but then after, towards the end of my 20, 21, 22 years, I started getting itchy feet, as I was saying, and um, just wanted to do something different. And I ended up going freelance because I had been with that same ad agency for over 20 years. I thought, you know what, Carol, just you know, try other ad, ad agencies. So I became a freelancer um, four or five years ago. 
four or five years ago, freelance at different agencies just to get a taste of other, other ad agencies. And I did that for maybe two or three years. And then towards that, again, there was that feeling of like, I want to do my own thing. What can I do? And I was within the time, the last sort of year, two years, I was working in, um, you know, doing voluntary work with children. I was doing mentoring with children. And um, I, I was doing this while I was in ad agency, in, while I was in um, advertising as well, but more, even more over the last year or two years, doing more mentoring with kids and, and voluntary work and also looking after my, grand, my granddaughter as well. And then I, I just came up with the idea actually of thinking, you know what, Carol, your love of children, your love of personal growth, why don't you just join the dots and see you know, what you can come up with. And I came up with this idea. I thought, you know, Oyana, you know, why not create a platform for teenagers to listen to other people's stories? Because at the end of the day, we've all got a story to tell. And it will be a great and powerful platform for teenagers to, to listen to them and, and learn from other people's life lessons. So that's where, yeah, so that's where I'm at. That's wow. where Oyana came in. And I think that's yeah. wonderful because stories is something that we all love to be told and we all love to listen. Yes. And, and so if, and for the teenagers to hear, you know, uh, the older people, even uh, just a couple of years older than them, or maybe, you know, they're like a grandparent age or a parent age. I mean, there's so much that they can, that truly they can learn if they want to from, from the adults, you know, that's, that's fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So it just came to me. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, of course, since uh, I'm very interested in educating and so are you, um, how do you see education evolving in the future or how would you like to see it evolve? I would like it to be a little bit more inclusive in the way by that they take the time to nurture each child each child's ability because we've all got our own unique ability as opposed to having a one fit shoe one shoe fits all kind of uh, scenario and I I know it's hard because obviously the amount of kids that they have to do this to and the time but I just think even if it's like half an hour a day with each child to find out really what is their true passion what is it? What is their true passion? Um, I think they, for me, I think they, they, I think, yes, putting that more energy into that, I think would help kids further on, as opposed to just doing a blanket sort of educational system and leaving kids to try and find out what their thing is later on, which is okay. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But if we can find it earlier, I just think that would be such a great thing. I totally agree with you. I think that literally I, I say that it should start when the children are in their mother's wombs because it is such an important step in their life to, to be able to find their passion, as you say, and the, mm. the, the younger, the better, you know, and, and that way they can just also, they might have different passions so they can also discover them as they go along, you know, yes. and I think it would give them, a, a, you know, self-assurance and, and so many things that, that we would like to see in, in, in the children you know exactly and as adults too so um what keeps you motivated life life <laughs> life i know it sounds a bit kind of 
I just think life because there's so much you know if you wake up in the morning and you just think okay it's another you give thanks I give thanks every morning think oh okay it's another another bright day another day to to you know to go to go through and see how this day unfolds you know I just think yeah what's what's there not to be excited about you know right what is that there's nothing you know that yes there will be challenges but if you look at those challenges as learning curves you know um yeah I think it's a beautiful thing I think life's a beautiful beautiful thing it is it is beautiful I like that very much and can you tell me about an aha moment or moments maybe that you've had you'd like to tell us um yes I I was reading something from uh, Lisa Nichols who is a motivator life coach she's quite big in the states and she said something it was just a couple of days ago and I thought it really had an impact on me she said um she said she said your story isn't just your story it's for another person to go through the same thing but can't quite get through it meaning that you don't keep your story to yourself try and tell your story because there might be someone who can learn from it and I just thought wow that's such a powerful it's such a powerful thing because your story is not just your story your story is everyone's story story and if you express it someone and so that fits in yes yeah that fits in very nicely with with mine and it's it's with Oyana, yes, how exciting. Mm. Wow, that is an aha moment. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I, I love that. I th- love that. Because I think so many people, yes, don't realize they have stories and they feel that they keep it to themselves. They have they feel that they should keep it to themselves. It doesn't matter how negative it is. Even if it is negative, I think it's uh, not our duty, but I just think it will be really powerful for us to share it. it because there might be that one person who's going through that same thing, don't have the answer. And by listening to your story, they'll get the answer. Totally true. How wonderful. What, I, yeah, absolutely. And we're back to the, to the idea of telling stories. Isn't that mm. wonderful? Love it. Love it. Thank um, you. And, and so um, what inspired you to enter into, into this uh, storytelling and, you know, for, for children, uh, you know, can you tell us what inspired you if there was a one situation or various situations that inspired you to, to Oyana? I, like I said, I've always had a passion for children. I just always loved children, always loved children. I've always loved personal growth. You know, I think it's important for us to, you know, educate ourselves and be open to learn. Also, maybe it might be a little bit about to do with my, my, my previous work as a producer, because when you're producing commercials, you're telling stories as well. So I think that's also has, um, yeah, has a, a, an impact as well on where this whole story thing is. But I think it's just very much about just learning, because also for me, I just think if I'd listened to other people's stories at a younger age, who knows, I might have made different choices or made different, made different decisions. 
Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. As that's, well. That, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, so again, yes. that comes from a personal thing as well. I mean, there's a part of me saying I had to go through what I had to go through to make, who, to make me who I am today. But I think there is that thing of, if I'd heard different, different stories, then I think I would have had more of an informed look at at different subjects in my life. Like financially, you know, like being financial literate. I mean, there's a wealth of things going on at the moment. There's different platforms that you can go on to be financial literate. But back when I was going to school, you had to kind of really seek it if you was in that kind of headspace. Had I maybe had a platform like maybe like mine or like YouTube or whatever, I think I would have made different financial choices when I was younger. That's very interesting. Very interesting. And yes, I can see the point that you are making mm. and, and probably having made other choices, as you say, the results would have been totally different. I can, yeah. I can see that. Very interesting. That's really interesting. And tell me about a fascinating book that you're reading right now. Well, I've literally just finished one and um, you might have heard of it. It's called Dying to Be Me, called Anita by Anita Mojani. And it's about her journey, it's great, I'd recommend it. I, oh, it's so powerful. It's about her journey from having cancer to having a near-death de near experience to true healing. And literally she was on her deathbed. The, the doctor, she'd had cancer for four years and she was on her deathbed, her, all her cells had packed up. She was literally, the, the doctor saw that she was going to die. And she went through the transition of um, dying and she could, she was on her, on her deathbed, she could hear the doctor, she could hear the family members but on her, on her deathbed. She could even see, she was saying, her, her brother who was coming from another town to visit her. She was seeing all these different experiences in her life. It wasn't just um, present, but it's everything from past to present to the future. And she said that everything was a combination of everything. And... Um, she said that her father, I think she, she, she was having conversations with her father. It wasn't physical conversations, but she could hear him saying about whether she wants to go back or not go back. She decided not to want to go back, but her, her father said, well, listen, you might have more work to do. And she ended up going back. She ended up going back. And by going back, she healed herself. She ended up healing herself. I mean, she's a mystery now. The doctor's like... How comes? How did she free herself from cancer? And what, what she came to was that the cancer was her fear of cancer and of living, of just living her life and not being in tune with herself and not doing things on her own terms. All her life she was living in fear. So she was saying that, that brought on the cancer. So her motto now is very much about don't be fearful. You know, whatever you do in life, don't be fearful because that will turn into disease. Oh, that's and so fascinating. Yeah. You know, I definitely would love to read the book. And, definitely. And there's I just, so much to learn, you know. So much to learn. So much. And, yes. she, and you know what? And she, she writes in such a eloquently and relatable way. You know, it's not like airy-fairy stuff. You know, I'm not giving it justice okay. here while I'm explaining it. But when I finished reading it, I thought, wow, that was such a powerful book. 
Well, so thank you I for the recommendation. <laughs> yes, thank you for the recommendation. I'll definitely get it because I think those, as you say, when you finish the book and you say, wow, this is powerful, it stays with you. And, mm. and it's, a, it's a, an important learning lesson for all of us. You know, it's wonderful, wonderful. So um, is there any, anything that you would like to include that maybe I, I might not have mentioned that you'd like to you know, uh, expand on? No, there isn't. Um, I just, not really. I think it's just, uh, you know, I've sort of told you about my education, my schooling. Um, you know, for obviously your, your listeners are obviously college students, aren't they, who are making yes. transitions. And, you know, my advice to them would be, you know, just try and stay focused. You know, try and nurture your own needs, you know, be true to yourself and, um, yeah, just enjoy, enjoy yourself, but also surround yourself with really good people, you know, from different social groups. From different Very social important point to, yes. from different social groups and then people that can nurture you and can give, be an example, can, you know, lead you uh, into, into positive uh, situations and, and outcomes. That's, that's yes. a very good point. Very good yeah. point. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, and, and have fun, you know, really yes. do. Because it goes so quickly, doesn't it, Diana? It goes so quickly, those years. Yes, so you yes, do want to look back. You do want to look back and say, you know what? Yeah, it was hard, but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> and can you tell me one personal habit that has contributed to your success? Um, I just think just being open just being open to learning, being open to, and it's, it might sound cheesy, but not, not, not just thinking about myself, but thinking about other people's needs and knowing that we're all connected. So if you're not all right, I'm not all right. And that's how I love I, that. I love yeah. that. That's oh. great. If, if you're not all, all right, I'm not all right. That's very, yes. very good. Very good. Yeah. So I live like that. I live that on a daily basis, you know, because if you're, you know, I, I treat people the way I like to be treated. I try, I try and do that. I try and exercise that on a daily basis. You know, I'm not perfect and there may be times I may not, but I am very conscious of it. And I, and I try and, uh, yeah, I try and live it on a daily basis. That's wonderful. It's a very good, a very good point. And, you know, very good recommendation for all of us. Uh, I take it personally, you. for sure. That's <laughs> wonderful. And um, what is the most important lesson that life has taught you? To not be fearful, because I think there's many times I've done things out of fear or not done things out of fear. Yeah, throughout my life. And I think it's important that if you just be, just be present, not be fearful, just listen to your inner voice. And again, this might sound cheesy to some listeners, but love is everything. We are all love. And if we remember that, you know, everything will be, everything will be all right. Yeah. Well, I think I like the cheesy part that is love is everything. <laughs> love is that everything. Is so true. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't think it's cheesy at all. I think that is, that is, you know, one a wor I mean, truth for all of us that love yes. is everything. And when we go into love, then, you know, we, everything does turn out all right and yeah. it solves things, you know, I mean, that's, that's a wonderful thing to say. I mean, 
I, I appreciate the, the reminder and the cheesiness of it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's really what it is about. And what we, I think in a sense, we're all trying to, to learn as, as, you know, to do it every day and every moment is, is, yeah. is to use that love, you know, as you say, love is everything. Definitely. Yes. And not be fearful, you know, and just trust. Yes. Just trust, 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 trust in your inner voice. And trust, trust, trust. And just try and, you know, just, you know, just forget about all the noise. Just take the time out and just try and listen to your inner voice. And it feels right, just do it. That's so, wonderful. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to add before we... We finished this absolutely wonderful, exciting, and, and uh, such an interview, just full of, of so much to learn. You know, I've enjoyed it so much. So is there anything else you would like to add? No, Dinah. It's just really just live, live, and just go. Just go with the flow. Just go with the flow and enjoy and embrace life. Embrace the people who are in your life. Yeah, And very importantly, just every day, give thanks. Say thank you, thank you. Thank you. Doesn't matter how, what you're going through, whatever challenges you're going through, just look around you, look what's in your life, who's in your life, and thank, say thank you. And so I will say thank you to you. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> this has been wonderful. So, and I hope to have you on again as you go oh, on yes. with Oyana, and you can tell us all your experiences with it. Oh, so, thank you, you know. Good luck and thank you again you know, oh, for this wonderful you. interview. See you oh. soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.